All right, welcome into beautiful Las Vegas. A nice sunny day down here in Sin City. I'm Jaden Johnson along with Dalton Renshaw, Jason Walker. We're here to preview Utah State men's and women's basketball in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Got underway last night. Utah State women's team able to pick up a win over Colorado State in the first round of the tournament last night. And they'll take on Wyoming tonight. Uh, first off, good to have you guys here. Good to be live from our, our hotel room yeah. here at South Point, Las Vegas. Yeah, couldn't be better. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun being down here in Vegas and uh, looking forward to a lot more basketball. And Yeah, it's I, just I, night one. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like the Mountain West Conference Tournament, that's for sure. I mean, hopefully, you know, all go, if, if everything goes according to plan, we could have basketball every single night of this week, Sunday through Saturday. Yeah, that that would be ideal, I think, definitely for you know, Utah State basketball is yeah. getting both teams maybe to the final. Utah State has a maybe a more likely path to the final, but you know if the women can pull it off, they've had some really good games. So now, am I putting my money on having uh, having seven games in a row? <laughs> Probably not, but you know, potentially the women uh, could play up to the championship Wednesday night. The men, of course, they have a first round bye, so we'll see them starting on Thursday. Uh, I want to start by talking about the women's team, and they pick up their first uh, win in the conference tournament in a couple of years last night, taking out Colorado State. Now, the Aggies were the sixth seed in that game. They were probably supposed to win, taking on the 11 seed Colorado State. They've already beat them twice this season, beat them pretty decisively the first couple of times. This one a little bit tighter, though, a little bit maybe maybe too close for comfort for the uh, for the Aggie women. Final score, 62-59. to 59. I know we were all there. What uh, I want to get some, some initial thoughts on that one from you guys. Yeah, I mean, Coach talked a little bit about it last night, That um, the Colorado State coach saying that it didn't really look any different than the previous two matchups from what Utah State was doing. But, I mean, Utah State shot the ball uh, kind of poorly, honestly, last night. And I think that was part of the reason why Colorado State was able to kind of cling on to some sort of, you know, staying close throughout the game. and. Mm -hmm wasn't really able to – Utah State wasn't really able to pull ahead as much as they did in the first two matchups. Well, and, and frankly, I think the Colorado State just kind of uglied the game up. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they really played a pesky, kind of aggressive brand of basketball, which Utah State's known for doing, and almost played Utah State's game against them, it felt like. And uh, the second half, Utah State was able to open up, I think it was an eight-point lead at one point, mm -hmm. almost – Maybe it might, might have even been a double-digit, a 10-point lead. And then the, the Rams, I think I looked at the numbers. Utah State led for something like 35 minutes of the game. Colorado State for about a minute and eight seconds. Uh, but they were right there on the heels the entire time, which I think made it almost more impressive that Utah State was able to not get overtaken. Yeah, that was just the biggest thing is that for Utah State, it was a game that you see in tournaments or sometimes in the regular season where you face a team more and more, and Colorado State just managed to finally put one together where you know, they nearly overtook Utah State, or at least close the entire way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think part of it, again, was also maybe nerves on the part of some of the, the Utah State women. You know, they're not used to being the favorite in a tournament game. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And so they're having to come in and expecting to really blow out Colorado State the way they did in the first two games. They won by, I think, 11-plus points both times, and neither of them were even that close, really. So maybe just a bit of pressure, but in the end, they got the win. Well, in the last two seasons, the women have gone to the tournament and had key injuries. Last year it was Shannon Duffesey being out for that first game. Two years ago it was Eliza West. They won anyway. Um, but 
this time they come in fully healthy, and you, you said it. I mean, tournament play is different than regular conference play. And uh, Colorado State, that's a very experienced team. It's a coach who's won a whole lot of tournament games. They've had 20-plus wins five straight seasons up till this year. And it's, you know, a little bit of a rebuilding year for Colorado State, but it's a good team that really showed up when, yeah. the tournament, when the tournament came around. And I think, like, you're talking about the health of Utah State coming into the game really kind of showed up in that second half, mm -hmm. especially where, you know, you had Rachel Brewster had nine points in the half, Olivia West had nine points in the half, and they were kind of controlling the game at that point, but then they both kind of slowed down in that second half. But then you end up having six players scoring eight or more points, and that's where that health comes in, where they just had so many people involved kind of chipping in towards that end of the second half. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the biggest things for Utah State, and, and Coach Finkbeiner mentioned this after the game, is that scoring has been a huge problem for Utah State all season. I think they're 7th or 8th or somewhere near the bottom of the conference in scoring offense. Well, they're sl yeah, they're a slow-paced team. Yeah, they, they do struggle to score, but they play at a really slow pace and have the, have the second-ranked defense to go along with it. Yeah, and that's why they've managed to pull off now a 16-4 and record, which might be their first winning record, or their second – winning record since joining the Mountain West, mm, assuming correct. they don't like playing a bunch of tournaments at the end of the year. Yeah, Correct. Um, and I know a tournament is still in the question. Two years ago, they had uh, a very similar record and ended up playing in the uh, Women's Basketball Invitational, and that's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, in that game, you talked about uh, Shannon Duffy coming up big in the second half. Well, she had 15 rebounds, 11 points, three assists in that game, along with a block and a steal. That was her seventeenth uh, double double, no, eighteenth, eighteenth double double of the season. Her eighteenth double double of the season. That's yeah, that's a new uh, program record for most double doubles in a season. She also ranks in that category, fourteenth in the nation. One of four Aggies in program history to average a double double throughout the season. She's top in the conference in rebounds per game, fourth in points per game. And, uh, you know, I think if Utah State was another spot or two up the standings, she's your Mountain West Player of the Year. She was named All-Conference yesterday, so uh, glad to see her get that honor. But, again, I know they like to give it to a top top two or three yeah. seed player. Uh, and, and it's hard to argue Jason Nunn getting that from New Mexico. Uh, I think her stats, though, alone would probably indicate she's in the running for that or should yeah. have been. Yeah, if, if they hadn't gone on that six-game losing streak, because she exactly. was probably the best candidate when they started the the conference. It'll be five and one or five mm -hmm. and two or something mm -hmm. like that. They started five and one, and then went on a six-game losing streak, and then finished five and one. Yeah, mm -hmm. so kind of just that that middle part. If that mm -hmm. hadn't happened, and part of it was because Shannon kind of went off went on a bit of a cold spell herself because she was well, averaging almost twenty and ten in conference through six games. And you know what happened during that streak is. That almost directly coincides with teams starting to double and triple team her on every time she mm -hmm. touched the ball. And it was kind of new, I think, for her. Last year she had a good season, but not the kind of season that you're going to draw the entire defense in. Uh, this season, it took teams a little while to catch on. They did, and then that six-game losing spell happened. And then when they were able to bounce back and recover, 5-1 and one to finish out the season, now 6-1, and one, I guess. Um, it was because they figured out other options, and they figured out how to deal with Shannon being double-teamed every time she, touch, she touched the ball. Yeah, I think one of those players in particular, Rachel Brewster, I think she averaged she 15 points enormous. in the last six yeah. or so games. Enormous. Uh, and Eliza West was dishing the ball out, I think, almost nine assists per game and kind of in that same the, stretch. So the final five games of the season, Eliza went for 8.4 assists per game uh, and had a – she's not typically much of a scorer, but really stepped yeah. up and started shooting the ball a lot more. And was big. And speaking of Eliza West, another massive, massive milestone in that game. She becomes Utah State's number one all-time 
leading a sister in program history. She's only a junior, still has another gear left to go, and she passed uh, Jennifer Schlott with 436 career assists for that number one spot. She'll probably have 150 in the lead by the time she graduates, yeah. if, if all goes according to plan. So uh, a big night for Milestones, a big night for the Aggies in general, and it sets them up with a second-round date against Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming, no slouch. They're the three-seed in the tournament. Utah State was able to split the regular season series with them. In Logan, they took them down with a score of 50-42. to 42. Uh, And in Laramie, they lost by 53-35. You can see both of those really low-scoring games. The, the the one in Laramie, maybe that score is not quite indicative of, of that game and how close it was. I think midway through the third it was tied up and then a lot of crazy things with, with foul trouble and with a lot of free throws kind of broke that thing open for the Cowgirls. But uh, we should have a pretty, maybe a, an ugly, feisty, yeah. uh, aggressive, <laughs> tight game tonight. But I think it's going to be a good one uh, between Utah State and Wyoming at 8.30 p.m. Yeah. I guess 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time. I think you're going to see the game kind of go similar to the way it did last night with Colorado State where, I mean, both teams are just going to hang in there. Mm-hmm. But the one difference that I see a lot from Colorado State to Wyoming is Wyoming is a really good shooting team. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Marta Gomez, another girl who made the all-conference team. Um, she's shooting 48% from three on the year. And as a team, they rank high up in the Mountain West as a three-point shooting team. So I, I think that's I mean, that's going to cause Utah State some fits for sure because that's something they just didn't see at all from Colorado State last night. And they were able to out-rebound them, too, which kind of helps Utah State put that in their favor as well. Yeah, I think in that Utah State was kind of able to outlast Colorado State because they weren't really a great shooting team. And they were kind of wor- they were able to work through their own scoring struggles until the fourth when they finally put up, I think, I think Utah State put up 25 points in that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. partly because of free throws towards the end there. But they were able to get sure. some good offense. But against Wyoming, that's not that may not be able to fly unless their defense really comes out to play because, right. like I said, Wyoming's – Good shooting team, and they're also up there in uh, in scoring offense. They're they're fourth, whereas well, Colorado State's dead last in the conference. Well, yeah. Wyoming is is uh, we say a good shooting team. They are an absolutely elite shooting team, third in the nation wow. in three point field goal percentage. Uh, they shoot thirty nine point two percent from three. They 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 have a few things they do very 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 well. A, a incredible assist to turnover ratio. They're ninth in the nation in assist to turnover ratio. Number one in the nation in fewest turnovers. Uh, and then I'm trying to see the turnover per game numbers. That comes out to 11.6 turnovers per game. Wow. Uh, so number one in the nation in that regard. Number three in the nation in three-point field goal percentage. However, all of those things that they do incredibly well is exactly what Utah State was able to neutralize the first time they played them when Utah State got the win over them. Uh, you talk about a team that leads the nation in turnovers – Wyoming in Logan turned the ball over 17 times against the Aggies. A team that leads the nation in three-point percentage. The Aggies really cracked down from outside, held them to four of 21 for 19%. Now, can they do that again? Was that more of a, a fluke on Wyoming's end? It's hard to say. Uh, the second meeting, though, I don't think that they did those things particularly well either. It was more of a fluke set of circumstances where Utah State had 10 team fouls in the third quarter and in a low-scoring game giving up free ones from uh, from the charity stripe is going to hurt you big time, and that's that's exactly what happened in that one. Well, yeah, if you look at the box score from that Wyoming game, the second one, they only shot three of ten from three in the game, but they ended up making 20 out of 22 free throws, which, like you're saying, exactly. towards the end of the game, that's, I mean, you're closing the game out there. 
exactly. Yeah, especially since Utah State only shot eight, so and they made they went five of eight. So yeah, that's a you know fifteen point difference. That's basically almost the entire point margin right yeah. there. And uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do some math really quick. Whatever fifty <laughs> minus thirty five is. <laughs> Um, all right, well, I if you want to tune in, we will have that game for you tonight here on Aggie Radio and AggieRadio.com. That is 9.30 p.m. tip-off in Logan, so uh, drink your coffee, get your get your caffeine in you, whatever you got to do to stay up late because that one should run late. 9.30 tip-off, we'll have pregame at 9 o'clock. I'll be on the call with the play-by-play -play and a pregame show starting at 9. Uh, and again... That's on Aggie Radio, 92.3 FM, as well as AggieRadio.com. The winner of that game will go on in the semi in the semifinal round to take on the winner of New Mexico and San Diego State. That one might be deceptively. Uh, I think San Diego State might have a good shot at the upset there. So we'll see how that goes. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have uh, some chat about the men's basketball team. Of course, they get underway on Thursday, and so we want to look at their potential matchups for the first round and uh, their tournament outlook. Thanks for joining us here on Aggie Radio for our Mountain West Conference tournament preview show. Back in a moment. Aggie basketball on KBLU is supported by Ford. Ford dealerships are located throughout the state of Utah, from Logan to St. George, and a full section of vehicles is available on Ford.com. You're listening to Aggie Radio 92.3 KBLU LP Logan. Discover the alternative. This is Claire, USU Class of 2017 from Sociology, Social Work, and Anthropology. You're listening to Aggie Radio on 92.3 FM, KBLU LP Logan from Utah State University. Alternative radio for an alternative audience. All right, welcome back. Hope you're having a great afternoon. We're coming at you from the... I guess it's not afternoon yet, huh? It's still morning. Well, I guess in Utah it's in afternoon. Utah it is, yeah. We're we're in Las Vegas where it's eleven seventeen a.m. in Utah. I guess you're uh, you're almost daylight savings just got everyone all messed up. Maybe you're on your lunch break right now. Beautiful Monday afternoon. I beautiful down here. I don't know about Cache Valley. Maybe <laughs> a few feet of snow up there. Yeah, wouldn't surprise uh, <laughs> me at all. Yeah. But thanks for joining us. We're going through our Mountain West Conference, uh, our Mountain West Conference championship or tournament. Preview show, we just talked about the Utah State women's team. Got a big win over Colorado State last night to move on to the second round. Uh, and Utah State men, what a season they had. Picked ninth in the Mountain West Conference, and they finish number one. They'll be the two seed in the conference tournament because of the tiebreaker with Nevada. Uh, so even though they share the regular season title with the Wolfpack, they'll be on the opposite side of the bracket with the two seed, you know, I, I just want to—I want to bring this up with you guys. I want to know what you think. It feels like to me, I wasn't cheering for Nevada to lose in that or to win in that game because I—I I wanted Utah State to have a chance at that one seed, no matter what, and to to be the outright champions. But I feel like as the two seed, they have a little bit of an easier path to the conference championship. 
because you look at it, they avoid San Diego State in their side of the bracket, who we, we know is always very good in the conference tournament last year. They destroyed Nevada in the semifinals. Uh, they have a first-round matchup between either New Mexico or Wyoming. If they can win that, they take on likely Fresno State. And if they can win that, they're in the championship. So it feels like, to me, that side of the bracket is easier. What, what do you guys think? Well, personally, I kind of think the opposite, where the, the side of their own right now might be a little harder because you, you look so? at New Mexico coming out as a really tough team. Mm-hmm. And Fresno State. A really tough team that just lost to Colorado State, we should know. Yeah, yeah that, that's true. They, they do have some struggles at times, but they're, they're a team that can – you know, catch on fire. Um, they made it to actually. The, I'm sorry the to Wyoming. Finals. That's that's what I was thinking about the game against Wyoming. They and they'll have a rematch with them. I think they played on well on Thursday and they'll play again mm-hmm. on Wednesday. Yeah, but I mean, you look if you know if Utah State gets past New Mexico or Wyoming, whoever comes out of that game, they'll end up playing Fresno State. And, sure. You know, San Diego State can get hot in the tournament, but Fresno State's a team that took Utah State to the wire, both on the road and at home. You know, for Utah State, whereas when San Diego State came to Came to Logan, Utah State pretty much handled them. Didn't really have a ton of troubles. It was close for part of it, but they ended up winning by, I think, double digits or sure. close to it. So Fresno State's a team that has proven they can beat Utah State at home or on the road, and so that might be a little more troublesome. Mm-hmm. But that's that's my opinion. Well, I think to your point, Jaden, though, I mean, yeah, there's you definitely don't want to end up going against a Fresno State team if you can avoid them. Like you're saying, they play right. really close in both games. But it's definitely a pick-your-poison. It, it, yeah, yeah, it is a pick-your-poison because, I mean, they, they've played close to almost all these opponents at the top tier of the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, if you can avoid going against either Nevada or San Diego State till you reach the championship, like uh, that might be the path you want to take because they have played against Wyoming pretty well if they end up going against them. In Mexico, they played pretty well against their second time. So if you can kind of pick your easiest lane to kind of just slide right in to get to the Mountain West championship, I think that's, I mean, kind of in their favor in some ways. Well, and, and where I'm really coming with com- coming out with, with that analysis of, of that side of the bracket being a little bit easier is, is simply based on not playing San Diego State. You know, Utah State has beaten San Diego State one, one time, time since joining the yeah. conference, and and we just know how tough they are. And I, th- you know, I do get that that first game it kind of took a, a big, big first half for the Aztecs to win. The second game, Utah State won a little bit more decisively. Uh, it, it just makes me nervous, especially knowing that San Diego State is a team that that always shows up tournament time. Now, New Mexico, that's no slouch. They always bring up a few thousand fans from Albuquerque. They've always got a really good support. They knocked Utah State out of the tournament last year. So that could be interesting. But also, you know, Wyoming just beat New Mexico less than a week ago. I'm not so sure that that's an automatic, uh, an automatic first-round matchup between the Aggies and New Mexico. I think, I think Wyoming's got a shot against them. Yeah, that'll be one to keep an eye on, especially because I believe Justin James is uh, – were he not on Wyoming, he'd probably be the player of the year. He's you look at the stats he's amazing. put up this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about Sam Merrill playing. You know, they bring up how he's played like 40 minutes in 45-minute games. Justin James has been doing that all year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's probably fewer games he's played 40 minutes than, than otherwise. Well, I yeah, I, I have a friend that, that works in the Wyoming Athletics Department, and he – Spent a lot of time at Utah State. Went to Utah State during the J.C. Carroll era. You know, watched a lot of phenomenal Aggie players, Ty Wesley, J.C. Carroll. He said at the beginning of the season, and I'd be interested to hear his take on it now, he said that Justin James was the best college player he's seen. Well, and I think, like you guys are both saying, if, if they weren't on it, or if he wasn't on an 8-23 and 23 Wyoming team, like he probably would get serious consideration for Mountain West player there because sure. he's been up there and scoring pretty much the whole season at the top of the Mountain West, and you just – I mean, you don't see him much because he's on the Wyoming Cowboys. I mean, they've been maybe the underwhelming story of the year. Uh, well, yeah. you know, both of those teams—that that's kind of a matchup of the two most underwhelming teams. Because I yeah. thought I thought New Mexico was going to finish second in this conference. 
I thought Wyoming, maybe not, maybe not a top five seed, maybe not a first round bye, but I thought that they were better than the tenth best team in the conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with New Mexico going to the conference final last, the conference tournament final last year, and they had a really good backcourt coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Mathis and I, I forget the other the other guy's name, and then I think they had Vance Jackson coming in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they definitely had some potential and didn't quite live up to it, unfortunately. Yeah, after I just remember after watching New Mexico take Utah State out of the tournament last year, I went, that is a really good coach. That's a really good squad that's not going to lose a ton. And uh, they, they've been underwhelming for sure. Uh, so that game, Wyoming and New Mexico, that's the 7-10 matchup. That'll be 1.30 p.m. Pacific time on Wednesday, and then Utah State will know their opponent. I imagine the Aggies will be in the crowd watching that one, kind of scouting out their next opponent. And then Utah State will begin 6 p.m. Pacific time on Thursday, March 14th. That will, of course, be here on Aggie Radio as well. Scott Gerard will be down here in Vegas, so you can hear his beautiful voice as he calls that game between Utah State and either New Mexico or Wyoming uh, in the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Utah State comes into the tournament really rolling at this point. I mean... It's. It feels like this is a team that has figured things out and is playing their best brand of basketball. I mean, you look at it; it's a seven-game winning streak, and uh, I have to. I'd have to count the a count them up right now. I think only it's only broken up by one loss too. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's so. What it's. It's thirteen of fourteen of their final yeah. games that they yeah. that they come in winning, and so. Um, yeah, I'm sure that. Utah State's not a team anybody is looking at in the tournament and wanting to face at this point. No, and I kind of want to get your guys' opinion on this. Like, how do you think that the overall perception of Mountain West or of Utah State's been in the Mountain West this season? Because it kind of surprised me seeing that Sam Merrill wins the Mountain West Player of the Week last week, but mm-hmm. that was the first time that anyone really got consideration from Utah State the whole season, right. and they're I mean they're Mountain West champions, co-champions. It, it's crazy. It's crazy to me that 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 was the first time Sam Merrill had won Player of the Week. I mean, there's a lot of analysis out there and a lot of uh, the national pundits who are arguing for Sam Merrill to be player of the year, and I tend to agree with them. You look at what he's done this season, it's hard to argue that he should be player of the year in the Mountain West Conference. The question is, and we're going to find this out tomorrow. Tomorrow at at noon, they will announce the all-Mountain West teams and whatnot. Uh, but you look at it, I think Coach Smith – is an absolute lock for coach of the year. Yeah, and he, he's no, had no he's had that locked up for about a month. Yeah, he's he's a lock as much you know as much as Eric Musselman is a good coach. What Coach Smith has done with this squad, he'll be the coach of the year. I think Nemius Keda is probably your freshman of the year. I yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard to, to to find an argument and to put anybody else in that place. Yeah, there's only a couple others, and they don't nearly match up no. to right. to Keda. Uh, and then. Are the, is the media, or I guess it's not the media, it's the coaches that vote on this, are the coaches really going to give Utah State coach of the year, uh, freshman of the year, and player of the year? I don't know. Well, Kata uh, should probably be defensive player yeah, of the year, the at least yeah. in the uh, running uh, for it as uh, well. Honestly, that's one of the things that you say Coach Coach Smith is a lock for coach of the year, and, and I've put this out in a couple of places like on Twitter, and I honestly think Kata should be as much a runaway for defensive player yeah. of the year as Coach Smith is for coach of the year. Because you look at – all these different defensive metrics, like all the advanced stats, and even he even leads in blocks. So there's some traditional <laughs> stats as well. Yeah. He is a runaway candidate. He's on top of every single one. Defensive box plus minus, defensive win shares. You know, go down the list of you know those advanced metrics. Some of them he leads by an enormous margin. Mm-hmm. I think defensive box plus minus, the difference between him and second 
is like the same between second mm-hmm. and seventh. So it's just an enormous margin. So like he should be defensive player of the year more so than freshman of the year, at least by the margin that he'll win it. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I would completely agree. And like you're saying, even if you look at the traditional statistics and you just look at blocks per game, one stat that really sticks out for Namias Keita, he's double second right now in blocks per game. And he's also third in the conference in rebounding. Mm-hmm. He's in the top 20 in scoring. Like it, it kind of, like you're saying, it's if you look at all the, the statistics, it kind of becomes overwhelming that I think this guy should definitely be defensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah. but, but to your point, Jen, you, you brought up, is are the coaches willing to give co- to give Utah <laughs> yeah. State four of the six awards? And honestly, if you look at Diogo Brito, he'd probably be in the running for sixth yeah. man. So that's mm-hmm. five of the six awards. Yeah, I, I'm a little less sold on that just because you have guys like Jazz Johnson in the yeah. mix. Yeah, I think Jazz um, Johnson will probably win it. But the fact that Utah State is in the running for five yeah. of the six sure. awards and most in, in a vacuum, if you look at each in a vacuum, should win four of them yeah. probably. But we're not voting in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. And I don't right. know how comfortable – you know, uh, let's you know pick like Wyoming coach or whoever is going to say, all right, Utah State, Utah State, Utah State, Utah State. What the crap is wrong with this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Nevada was the best team in the yeah. conference, yeah. and we're picking four Utah State or technically three exactly. candidates. Exactly, it's 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 an interesting, it's an interesting scenario <laughs> because just because of the perception of what that would mean. Yeah. Well, and I think like you're saying, the perception, there's definitely going to be some bias associated with Nevada being in the top 10, top yeah, 15 no all season. And, and frankly, there should be. I mean, if you're that successful, you should maybe get a little bit of a boost. Yeah. Well, and you have two guys that are both in the top five in scoring mm-hmm. in your team. So, I mean, you kind of maybe it'll end up being one of those two players kind of that you can't pick both of them. So maybe I that weeds that them out a little bit. I think that's frankly what the issue is. I mean, you look and. You know, as as great as Utah State has been, and I know that they got the win over Nevada. If I'm making a power rankings, I'm still putting Nevada at the number one spot. Sure. Utah yeah. State at number two. I, I I still, you know, I feel like Nevada is probably a better all-around team at this point. And maybe we'll have an opportunity to, to weed that out once and for all. But like you said, you've got you've got a lot of guys really splitting that scoring load, really splitting that offensive load. Well, well for Utah State, I don't want to say it's a one-man show. It's not just the Sam Merrill show. Yeah. But he's excelled, and in, in every statistic would put him up above some of those guys. So we'll again, we'll find that out tomorrow afternoon. And uh, looking forward to seeing that. It'd be pretty special if Utah State could could pick up three or four yeah. individual awards. That'd, uh, that'd probably be the most. I mean, outside yeah. of maybe when they were in the WAC or the Big West, I don't know how many times they pulled off three or four awards there. You know, those thirty and mm-hmm. four seasons they had back in the. Early 2010s, I think. Well, I mean, just the turnaround. I mean, from last season to this season, <laughs> conference champions picking up four or five awards. I mean, I don't think anyone really expected that to happen. Obviously. Yeah, I was. I was. I'll have to say I was more optimistic. I wish I could say that I had predicted this. I really wish I had said something where Utah State was going to be better than mm-hmm. everyone expected. <laughs> but I, I was optimistic. I thought they would do better. I knew they were going to probably do better than the 17 and 17. But obviously, I I could not have predicted mm-hmm. beating Nevada. Going with the 25 and you know, 25, 25 and 6, you know, setting records. Mia Skata being as good as he yeah. is. Sam Merrill being yeah. player of the year. Like, there's no way I don't think anybody really could have no. predicted that. Well, it's funny. Me and you have talked about, um, mm-hmm. like, early in the season, Sam Merrill having just this super supreme confidence in the team, <laughs> wanting to prove everybody wrong, wanting to prove all the haters wrong. And, yeah. and, I mean, I think Coach Smith has definitely brought a lot of that to the team as well, just having that. Uh, ability to thrive and to p- 
you know, get through the determination and everything like that. Like he brings that edge to the team. Well, to that to that point, I mean, before the season started, it might have been during the preseason, but it was very early on. Uh, Sam came on a, a little show I do every week with with Paige Zamora, and we had him in the studio as a guest and talked to him about you know your team is picked ninth in the conference. What, what what do you have to say about yeah. that essentially? And, and he said he said that's ridiculous. I'm I want to transcribe exactly what he said. He said that's ridiculous. Anybody that picked us that low has not is not within this team and, and was not there. You know, watching us practice this week was not there at training camp. Doesn't know what we're made of and and didn't hesitate for a second. It was it was pretty incredible. And you know, I walked it out of there with a little more confidence. And then you know, maybe Paige and I turned to each other and went, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. I probably I probably yeah. would have picked him sixth or seventh tops. Yeah. Well, and, and what's so uh, impressive is that sure like enough. they 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 only had uh, four players returning this year that played any kind of significant minutes last season. Exactly. And even Sam mentioned it himself that they had no idea that Nemeus would be able to make this kind of impact this early in his career. So, well, four players back, a new coach, everything was working against them. It, it seemed, and uh, sure enough, we get the Mountain West champions coming into the tournament. Yeah. All right, let's wrap things up. Utah State again. That game will be on. Thursday, March 14th, coming up three days from now, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time, tip-off 7 o'clock in Logan. That's uh, at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. We'll have a pregame show with Scotty Scotty G here on uh, Aggie Radio. So you can tune into that. And then Utah State women back in action tonight, 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, 9.30 p.m. in Logan. And that should be an, an entertaining one as well. All right, we're going to do this again tomorrow, guys? Yeah. Back hopefully, tomorrow. and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about another <laughs> yeah. uh, Utah State <laughs> win with the women. And I sure uh, hope so. You know, the more the more Aggie hoops, the better. Yeah. Right. And maybe even uh, if we do a little later, maybe we'll talk about the, uh, you know, player of the year and defensive mm-hmm. player of the year and coach of the year and freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, if we do tomorrow at the exact same time, that's right when the awards will be coming out. Right. Can announce it live. Announce it live. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, thanks for joining us for our Mountain West Conference championship preview show i'm Jaden johnson joined by dalton renshaw jason walker you can follow all of our coverage this week on uh social media you can, these two fellas will be tweeting out updates throughout the week at the jaywalk 67 yep and dren underscore sports <laughs> and then uh, i'm on twitter at Jaden johnson zero zero we'll also have plenty of coverage posted online utah uh, usustatesman.com And uh, I guess we'll see you tomorrow for round number two, all right? Yeah. Okay. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good afternoon, everybody. And uh, as always, go Aggies. Go Aggies.